Bukir Tov and Shavua Tov, Bezrat Hashem to everyone. We should be blessed. We should be blessed that this week we really only hear. We should be blessed that this week we only hear news that we're happy to share with people and that don't cause us any heartache and that causes us only to feel more and more safe and protected and loved and, and wanted and confident. Confident in everything. And I'll admit that, that today's shear is. It, it's, Difficult, obviously. We're continuing what we started last week about the completely changing our mindset about our approach to our relationship with God, and that is, is it possible to make God your best friend, and do you have a choice even? Do you have a choice? Do you have a choice to, to continue this relationship with Hashem that's not like a friend? Now, what's very difficult after a week like we've had to, to, you know, to relate to this teaching is that you kind of like want to, you know, you want to scream at your friend. You know, you know, you're very angry at your friend if you're able to make God your friend. So you want, you're going to get very, very upset. And uh, what we spoke about on Shabbos was that human condition. We spoke about this Shabbos morning in the Meshulach Shir is that the human condition uh, where where it wants to get angry at God, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of Torahs that say that that's Odazara, oh, that that's absolutely the 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 hafuch, the opposite of truth. But I don't know anyone that's close to Hashem that was never angry at Hashem. I don't know what that. I don't know how that's possible. Just like I don't know anyone that loves any, someone that that was never angry at them. It's impossible. So. For today's shir, as you'll see, you know, it, everything we're going to say, remember that Hashem can handle anything because He's Hashem. Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, can handle all the stuff that maybe you're told, like, maybe I shouldn't say these things, or it's not politically correct, or whatnot. Hashem Barach can handle it. He handles it all and can handle it absolutely all. Maybe that's what He wants from us. Say it, say, it, say it louder. What do you mean? Maybe that's what he wants. To what? Who said that we just have to go according to what we're told that and just to accept everything? Maybe he wants us to feel the pain and to say, dying. That's human. We're human. We're not malachim. He made us to feel pain. I would change one word. You said maybe. That's the only word I'm going to change from your sentence. You said maybe that's what Hashem wants. But isn't that true of any healthy relationship? If you don't get angry at your spouse every once in a while, or your kids, and let out what's bothering you and deal with the issue, then it's not a healthy relationship. So, anger, frustration... But I want to bring it back. But the context of this year is a clear one, is that in relationships we know that to be a given. Absolutely. <clears throat> but as he's right, that the way that the relationship with Hashem that has been brought down through generations has some type of a, uh, like a, there's, there, there's a warped, there's something missing in that, in that pipeline. There's something, there's something very much missing in that pipeline. Anyone that learns Esh Kodesh, that's learned the Piyasat Sneret you could see he gives the Heter of to basically... Not a heter even. A heter means you're allowed to. A psak is means you have to. 
You understand the difference? A heter is like, ah, zimutar. Now this, this falls under the category of it's permissible. Psak means this is something that I have to do. So, it, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, I, uh, uh, in understanding what you're saying, and although you know, we've spoken about this together for, for years already, we have to move from a heter to a chiyuv, that it has to be, to look up to Shemaim and say, I, I'll keep on macabling, like we learned yesterday from the piece I sent you of Erez, we learned it yesterday afternoon, Look, I'm going to keep on being. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep on davening. I'm going to keep on being a good Jew that listens to you, no matter what happens. Like it's not. There's no tznaim. There's no conditions here. Like, if you don't stop this, then I'm out of here. But there must be the voice that says, if you are my best friend, and I know you are, then I'm still <coughs> close to you no matter what. But you're going to hear the following, and then let it out. Like let it out like it's no one's business. Let it out like stone's business. I want you to keep that in mind as we go through today's shir. Yeah. Asking, um, just from last week, <clears throat> something I was thinking about was you were like, I felt like we were talking, correct me if I'm wrong, like exclusively about being... About? About Hashem being Hashem's best friend. And then, um, like something we mentioned last week was like, like it, does it, have to, it doesn't have to be a choice. Meaning we don't have to choose whether or not Hashem's our parent or a best friend or a king or a father. Right? No, of course like not. At moments, there are different With, experiences, right? So I'm saying, so it's all those things. It's not... <clears throat> yeah, but generally, it's all those things besides one thing. Sorry, no. Generally, the way we relate to Hashem is all those things besides one of the things you mentioned. Friend. It's like all the other areas, all the other categories, yeah, it's like that. It's spouse, child, brother, sister. But the friend part is generally skipped over because we... And he's going to explain today why. Why even us right now, including myself, you know, a little bit cynical and skeptical about this mahalach. Why? So if you have the Sefer, I have no idea anymore what, what daf it is on your Sefer, because we've got it mixed up, but I, put out, I brought printouts today. On mine, it's, it's, it's a... It's, we're starting from... Right, but I'm going to actually start because he really repeats everything he said in that, in that thing. I'm starting from the paragraph that says, Ha'adam chayav lahafuch. I'm sorry, I don't think there are any more. Leilu yinishmat edel bat Yitzchak Yeah, My great-grandmother used to this week. She was 96. edel bat Yitzchak There's one more copy here for someone that needs... Okay, I'm, I'm starting from the paragraph that starts from the words Ha'adam Chayav Lahafuch, okay? Huh? In this book it's Samach, then You don't have it at all again, huh? Oh, well, last week I wrote the wrong book. This, this week I think I did the right one. Yeah, Ha'adam Chayav Lahafuch. They wouldn't put it in certain Sorry, guys, one second. Okay. Now, here's why, here's why it is so difficult for us to relate to God as a friend. He's saying clearly why this is so difficult. And why, Bemet, and why you have to be okay with the fact that we're still a little bit skeptical about this. We have to change the way we think about God. 
לא רק להתייחס אליו כמופלא ורחוק, יושב בשמיים ומי יעלה לנו השמיימה. And as much as we say that we're done, we, we don't think of God as that old figure with a long white beard that sits up there on a the throne in heaven. It's still a little bit there. And we have psukim that make it hard for us, very hard for us to relate to God as a friend. Because we have a psukim that says, God told Moshe Rabbeinu, no man can see me and stay alive. So that, imagine he had a friend that says, listen, The second you know, you see my face, you have to die, we can't be friends anymore. So you can't be, right? That, so of course, this, was, this is what makes a little bit the notion of why it's so difficult to transform the way we view Hashem in our lives. What, what is my shayachut? What is my connection being a friend with Hashem? This is a mistake. This is a mistake. This is nonsense that the Yetzir Hara puts in the hearts of human beings that it's not possible to be close to God. The Yetzir Hara is the one that tells us that it's impossible to be friends with God. It really is the opposite of truth. זה ממש ההפך מצורת חיים של היהודי האמיתי. It really is the opposite of the way of the form of life of a real Jew. יהודי אמיתי חי עם הקדוש ברוך הוא בליבו בכל עת ובכל שעה. A real Jew lives with God in his heart at any moment, at any second. Even when Jews are being asked, it's, the, it's, it's that, it's there. not only in times of when I want to say thank you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hu Yedid Shalom. God is your friend. Mi shezacha litom tam shel tamma shel yedidud zo. Whoever tasted a little bit of a taste of this type of friendship, margish be'ofen barur me'od me'al lekol safek she'en yedidud kazo ba'olam. Anyone, we, we kind of mentioned this last week, but anyone that feels in a very clear way that this is a real friendship, knows there's no such a friendship like this in the world. You know, you want friends that are trustworthy. He says over here, there's no, there's, you don't have any more of a trustworthy relationship on a friendship level like you have with Hashem. And there's nothing as pleasant in the world. Like dwelling in the midst of God. There's no such pleasantness in the world. In Neimut Kazot. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Huat Safta Amiti Shel Adam. God is the real teammate of man. Hua Chavera Amiti Shel Adam. Vuha Rea Amiti Shel Adam. And as we said before, it's not that you have a lot of friends, but God is like a good friend to have. Once I'm able to, 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 to change the way I view my relationship with Hashem, And bring it into this friendship area, I realize this, this is the greatest friendship I could ever have. But the Yitzhahara comes and throws this poison into us and says to you, just daven and say, do mitzvahs and keep halacha. It's a loud voice. The rational voice says, you guys are kooks. You're crazy. 
And yet, the neshama that's so in tune with what's going on in the world realizes, I don't have any other options anymore. I don't have any options. I can't give over Yiddishkeit to my children unless I figure this out. I can't. It won't continue. It won't continue. I can't give over Torah. I can't give over, I can give over loads of information to my children. And they might know it, but they'll choose the other loads of information that they're continuously taking in all day long because it's much more stimulating. But I think what he's saying over here is that once I understand that this is where the heart of Yerushkei lies, then this is the most stimulating relationship that exists in the world. Some guy came up to me. I never saw this person before. It could be until he of me because I mamash felt like I knew him my whole life and I never saw him before and I don't know if I'll ever see him again. There was a guy in shul Friday night that was there, I think with his wife and children. He had long beard, long pace. He was standing in the back and he was, this guy was flying. I went, after shul, I was leaving Friday night, I was leaving shul. And this guy said to me, um, Which means, do you know what happens to a child when the child sees his father in dvekas, in passion? He says, And obviously we're all, we're, all, we're all here to give it over to our children That's the, the, from, from day one of being a parent and even before being a parent we, we want to infuse it in ourselves so this can be midor dor, midor dor. So that's I think, I think that's what he's getting to over here is that the stimuli which is what we're all working off of is that the stimuli of the, of the, of the friend relationship with Hashem there's nothing closer to it. Now, here's where it gets tricky. I mean, it's been, it's been tricky from the beginning, but here's today where it gets tricky, is that if you didn't tell God that you're angry at Him on a certain level after Thursday night, then you also don't know what this kind of relationship is. You don't know what this kind of friendship is, and that's why I, I agree with you one million, trillion, gazillion percent. But that's part of the friendship. So you can come and say, well, if you were a real friend, you wouldn't have done this, then you already don't understand who Hashem is. You're just treating it like a human friendship. We have to understand how to relate to God as a friend. It's complicated. It is. It's a very complicated thing. But if you don't speak your mind and your heart, you can't really figure out what it means. And I can't tell you what it means either. I can tell you what it means for me, but that's not what it's going to be, what it means for you. It won't be. I actually think it's the most original Masara. I think the way that everything the Torah says about Moshe and Hashem is exactly this, like the, the puzzle that SD quoted. The end of Parashat Shemot, Moshe Rabbeinu turns to God and he says, why are you making it so bad for this people? 
or Moshe Rabbeinu turning to God and saying, if you don't forgive them, wipe me out. That's very much the Masorah. I think your question maybe is more, how did it get lost? Mm-hmm. As opposed to... Or why was it only Moshe? Or why was... Oh, said it was no, 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 I think it was much, I think it was much more. We've, we've seen our own talk to Hashem, we've seen most, I mean, right, so who else in the Torah well, can we see talk to Hashem? The, the, the prophets are in constant dialogue, <coughs> constant dialogue. So maybe we felt that it was only something left for the prophets. Yeah, yeah, that definitely. I think we said, listen, those Yechidei Zgula, because the, the Tanakh is not quoting the simpletons and the shoe shiners that also, their conversations, they're only... I mean, how much can you put on the Tanakh, right? So the, yeah, it's true. I think maybe people got lost in that. Wait a second. That Gamani, I'm part of the conversation too? No, it's true. Or do you think they, got, they were afraid, right? Because they heard the first two divot and then said, we can't handle this. <coughs> and it's only an elite group. Right, could be. that. It could be that was really, yeah. And I think, so I think that it's really like when we say, Chadesh Yameinu Kekevim, like we knew our days, like of old, I think what we're saying is, Listen, now let's go back to the way it really started to come down. Avram Avinu is the first Jew. We're always saying, be like Avram, be like Yitzchak, be like Yaakov. What were they busy doing? They were busy having dialogue with Hashem. Now the trick, the tricky thing is, is that it was a two-way conversation. It was a two-way conversation. And I think that on, that, you know, on Musaf, on Shabbos, we scream, We actually say to God, we have the chutzpah to say this like once a week. And when do we do this? Right after Keter, right after we go to the highest place. Keter yitnu lecha Hashem alakeinu. And then hu alokeinu, hu avinu, malkeinu, moshinu. Vehu yashmiinu berach mavshenis. And we're not letting God off the hook. We're basically saying that moment, if we understand the word, saying, speak to us once more, and this time let the whole world hear it. Let this one, let it be a two-way dialogue once again. It's amazing. God spoke to us as a people one time, and we've been doing what He said, more or less, from that one conversation. Can you imagine, God, how much more, <laughs> how much more like compliance and, and, and communication you'd, we would feel if like, He spoke to us just once more? Thousands of years, we're working off of one, like you were saying, possibly two debrot <laughs> relationship. A yid has to say, I want to hear you. Like, what? What? Lama no? All of Tehillim, every word of Tehillim is, is that relationship. But again, the person can say, nah, that was David HaMelech. Let's look a little bit in David HaMelech's life. Right? Each of us is part of David HaMelech's life. We each are going through stuff relating to David HaMelech. <clears throat> these these Nevi'im had dialogue with Hashem, right? <clears throat> Maybe, be, but... Why, why do we, I mean, like, they heard from Hashem, like, they believe that they, they heard from Hashem, right? Right. So why don't we believe that, that we heard from Hashem? So the PSS and Rebbe addresses your question, and this is what the men are learning I for months. I believe that I heard from Hashem. I mean, maybe, is that wrong? You see, well, in, only in this room, that sounds normal. <laughs> I, I want everyone here to be able to come to the place that you realize that that is the norm. That really is the aim. That's, that, that's the norm. What, what else are we busy doing in this world? What else are we from Jews trying to do? What are we busy doing in this world? That really clearly, is... I believe that that's from Hashem. All the power. And so, more. So it never got lost. It's just that we don't believe it. 
We don't believe it, but the but, but the Piyasetzner Rebbe explains why. I want to. I don't really believe Hashem physically talked. Did Hashem really speak to the Nevi'im, or they heard it in their head? Mm. So if they heard it that's in their a, head, I hear it in my head too. That's an amazing debate amongst uh, thousands of years of rabbinic uh, uh, scholarship. You know what? You know one of the midrashim saying. Do you know who, who? Do you know who? What it sounded like, and whose voice it sounded like? You know, who's, when like Yitzchak, Yitzchak heard God's voice. Do you know whose voice it was? Avram, yeah. And then, and Yaakov, when he heard God's voice, it was Yitzchak's voice. So let me go, I jumped somebody, I skipped someone, right? Wait a second, and Avram, when Avram Avinu heard God's voice, who did it sound like? His own. Yeah, his own. I don't hear a voice, I just, I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a it's so, No voice. one here, they should know, it's safe in here. No one here is a kol beseder, bemet. I just want to answer one of these things. It's like, why don't we hear this voice? V'chulei, prophecy, prophets spoke about it. Then in the Sefer, Hachshara Savrechin of the Piyasetzna Rebbe, he addresses this notion that we, we refer to Nevi'im as people who could prophesy the future. And that's what it was all about, being able to be fortune tellers. Even though the Torah just told us last Shabbos, stay away from that. That's not what prophecy is all about either. But a prophet is someone whose soul is revealed to them, themselves. He says that's the initial state of prophecy. A prophet back then, yeah, he was able to say the prophecies that he then shared with, you know, we were learning yesterday, yeah, they were able to prophesy, but they were people who first knew who they were. That's a very important prerequisite for us to understand this, you know, this making Hashem your best friend, hearing Hashem, their soul was revealed to them. They knew who they really were. Not they knew the things that uh, bother them. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, like the, the infinite question, which we've asked so many times here. HaKadosh Baruch what did you think of when you thought of creating me? These are actually questions they thought about for a long time. And they came, and the more that they got to know themselves, the more they came to an answer. The P.S.S. Nerebbe says, who on earth said that that part of prophecy doesn't exist today? What was the Baal Shem Tov trying to do? What was Rabbi Nachman trying to do? What was the Alter Rebbe trying to do? What was the Arizal trying to do? What was the Ramchal, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, all the tzaddikim? And he also says in the Sifri Musa, what were they trying to do with character refinement? Is that my soul becomes revealed to me. That piece of prophecy, says the Piyasetzner Rebbe, has never, never stopped being available. The other type of prophecy, which ended with the last three prophets, who are Chagai and Zechariah and Malachi, that type of prophecy did end at the end of the Second Temple. But the other types of, the first piece of prophecy is the Chiyuv that we have upon ourselves if we want to engage in, in making it in Yiddishkeit and having a chance of giving it over to our children. And also staying close to Hashem through such insanity like we're, like we're going through today. I want to continue. HaKadosh Baruch Hu bara et now we have to understand this. The voice that says you're crazy, you're, you guys are absolutely crazy, you're trying to make God your best friend, just label it right now. That is the Yetzir Hara. But what is the Yetzir Hara's job? It's to try a person, it's to test a person. 
היצרה מכניס לאדם במחשבתו כל מיני החשבות, השקפות ומחשבות שאין להם שחר. The Yitzhara puts into man all types of thoughts and outlooks that have, I don't know how to say, in them shachar. They have no, how would you say it? They, they have no, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing. The Yitzhara says, listen, this, the sun is actually the moon. And the moon is actually the sun. Now it doesn't say it in those words, but it tells us that about a lot of things when it comes to Emes and Yiddishkeit. where it says something so clear, and the Yitzhahara says, what you see is the opposite. That's how the Yitzhahara works in the world. So the, take the clearest things in the world, and what does the Yitzhahara say about that? Bidiu kafuch. Give an example. Let's give examples. What does the Yitzhahara do? What does it say about things that are crystal clear in the world? You will become more knowledgeable. Your life will be better from a smartphone. Opposite. We know that's not true. Don't start, start all the benefits and everything. There's benefits in everything. What else does it say? The world, the Yitzhahara, says this is this, but it's really the opposite. Gashmut. Absolutely. And, it's, and, it, and it takes that to the highest extreme. Gashmut will make you happy. Ma- materialism will bring you happiness. We know that's not true. Ah, what about benefits? Of course there's benefits and... But in the bigger picture, that as a statement of truth is not. It's the opposite. You can go like this with everywhere, okay? When it comes to the statement regarding making Hashem your best friend, it's screaming loud, louder than ever, saying, Shtuyot, Nareshkait, Zafuch, can't be. He says, He And he, the Yitzhahara is telling us in our thoughts, what kind of thought, what kind of thoughts are you thinking now to be close to God? Not Nora, like it's terrible, but like, fearsome, awesome, full of awe. God forbid we should be talking the way we're talking in this room. Uh, and all types of arguments that the Yitzhara makes. Bottom line, it wants one thing. What does the Yitzhara want? This is what the other side wants. Keep all the Torah and mitzvahs. Don't you dare feel close to what you're doing. This is also what creates the Pirach of Shit. If you didn't have it, then you'd automatically always do good. Nahon? Nahon? This, he's saying, it's his job, it's purpose in this world. is to prevent us from taking this face value, from Mamish believing in what we're learning over here. But I want to go back to, to something. The Yitzhahara also knows that Yadam al ha'elyona, that the Yitzhahara says, I'm probably going to win. You know why? Because they think that they can become friends with God without doing the inner work on themselves and becoming so vulnerable. 
and getting to know themselves deep down inside and getting and cleaning out whatever's in there. And the Yitzhahara knows this. The Yitzhahara says, I'm going to give you herds and herds of Jews that are keeping all the Torah and mitzvahs and they're wondering why they don't think that, why don't they, they don't feel this. And it's because they think they can get to these places without the deep root soul work of getting to know our neshamas. And that's scary because it's so true. Someone recently asked me, what's the Hashkafic mission statement of Shirat David? Very easy question, right? The Hashkafic mission statement of Shirat David. I found a sentence this morning by Rav Kluger. Oh man, I wish I had it on me. Um, give me one second. Maybe I can find it. This statement from Rav Kluger um, absolutely defines what I think is um, what would be like a very, very safe thing to say is, a, is the mission statement. If, if anyone would dare, you know, do so. Um, one second. I saved it somewhere. See, a second ago I said that we actually get smarter from... And look, we're wasting time trying to find a statement that I don't remember. Forget it, I can't find it right now. It basically had to do with the notion of what we just said right now, that a person actually thinks that they can be close to God without being close to themselves. And that's, that's, that's our parsha. And that's what I think. That's what I think. The Yitzhahara knows. Like, who are people that go away to retreats and meditations and all those things? Those abused, tortured people that have to that have to like deal with traumas. Nah, it's not for me. As a sheker, what a joke! What a what an illusion! What a sheker! Sheker. Only a person that goes through a traumatic experience when they're a kid, they're the ones that should go to an introspection week. Mehmet? Crazy? I mean, we try to offer those retreats every Shabbos in Shirat David. It's hard in, in, the, in the format that we... Not so simple with time and everything. And, but... Mapitom. So the Yitzhahara knows, like, oh, you want to do the, the friendship thing. Okay, A, I know I'm going to win. Why? The Yitzhahara says... Because you could keep on trying to do this Yedidus with Hashem, Yedidus with Hashem. And Hashem is there and He's saying, I'll come and be your friend, but I want to be your friend. Not this grave image of who you think you are. I want to be your friend. You. But who's offering the friendship? Who is really coming to me offering friendship? Is it really you? No, that's a different Shaila. So the PSS Nerebbe says, to go back to there, he says, those that dare to ask those questions about who they really were, and this deep soul refinement, character refinement, those are the ones that are still holding the torch of prophecy in the world. Those are the ones that are holding the torch of prophecy in the world. But it's sheker to think that it's limited to anybody. That is open to everyone. Unfortunately, one of the ways we, we get to answer this question is when our heart is ripped open through pain. So we've become accustomed to kind of like maybe that's, you know, the real me and that's, that is a part of the real me. 
but we also have to relate and find an entry into that real me through Simcha, which is something that we don't really yet, we don't, know, we don't really know how to do that, but the Sefer is going to help us with that as well. Because the next, the next chapter here is called Tikkun Amidot. Like, how do I, so how do I really start polishing each midah? By the way, that's exactly what Svirat Olmer is all about. Like, what's today? Chesed Sheba Netzach. So Rabbi Nachman said that if we had good ears, we could hear that every single conversation that's happening in the world right now has to do with that midah of the day. Okay, of Chesed Sheba Netzach. Okay, that's great, but I have to do something before then. What in the world is Chesed Sheba Netzach? Meaning, there's so much like... There's all these layers and layers of work I have to do in order to touch these Torahs, these great Torahs we're learning. But for, for today, the bottom line is the Yitzhara doesn't want us to be close friends with Hashem, and it actually thinks, it's pretty certain that we won't end up being close friends with Hashem, because I think some, one of the things I just offered. Okay, let's go back inside. Because he, he, he addresses this. And I, I have to leave a few minutes early to a funeral, unfortunately, so we'll just try to get through this next paragraph. I would I think that all of us in this room would raise our hands if I asked any uh, us who here is a sincere, authentic soul searcher or truth seeker. I think everyone in this room would raise their hand. No, I think anyone actually in any room would raise their hand. I mean, I don't know anyone that would be like comes to learn and comes to shear, and someone says, who here wants to know the truth? And someone sits there, doesn't raise their hand. Like, that, that, obviously not. I just believe, Bemed, that if, you know, we would raise our hands and we would believe it. Yeah, we want truth. We want Amos. He says over here, someone that is really searching for truth does not become seduced by these tainas of the Yetzir Hara. I'm davening to God Show me the truth. Enlighten me with the truth. And a sincere soul, truth seeker, cries a river to God, asking to be shown the truth. This is part of the crying that a person comes to God and says, all these mashals, you know, at a certain point, all these words, don't they all like sound the same at a certain point? All these tarahs we learn, all these emunat, doesn't they like, at a, at a certain point, doesn't they like just all sound the same, like just in different formats? And you're just like, I, I'll just go with wisdom and knowledge, you <laughs> know? Instead of like feelings and emotions, because at the end of the day, it just all sounds the same. So a person's crying to God and saying, I'd rather just feel more enlightened, uh, you know, with, with wisdom, as opposed to like wondering, like, okay, I feel it, but is it true? Is it not true? Bring that to the conversation with Hashem. Oh, no, I can't. That'll insult God. If that, if that can't be said to God in a conversation, you don't know what it, we don't know what it means to talk to Hashem. Every time someone that's doubting Hashem, I always say, go to his bodhidus and talk about it with God. He said, but I don't know if I really believe in God. I said, I know. That's why I want you to just say that. Just tell God you're not sure you believe in him. Mata the fuk? Are you crazy? 
I can't insult. Like, that's not, that's not why you talk to God. Oh, really? So you're not sure you believe in God? <laughs> it, it's so much bigger, our, this God box. It's so much bigger. God could handle anything. God could handle, how do you expect me to raise my children in Eretz Yisrael if my children see pictures like they did of the beautiful faces from Friday, from Thursday night? How do you expect me to do this? No, I can't. That's already chutzpah It's a chutzpah to not talk like that to God. Chutzpah. It's an abuse of all the emotions God gave us. It also, it also portrays Hashem as being even. Absolutely. Because, I mean... Cruel. That's what you, that's what you mean. Rav Adin said that. I'll, I'll, I'll send it out, and then maybe you can share it with everybody else. Rav, uh, somebody shared on Friday a post from Rav Adin Steinsatz after the first, the second Intifada, and he says, he says, what do you think, that Hashem is cruel, he's hurting you, and you can't tell him that he's hurting you? That's cruelty. Yeah. yeah. So he said, you're turning Hashem to a cruel Hashem. You have, to, you have to say this. You put this on the table. And after you cry, Hashem sent us tzaddikim and tzadkanias. It's so true, because it says in Shmot that Hashem only listened to the Israel's cries. Mm-hmm. Chazal say that was the beginning of Geula. And then after you cry... Is it possible to feel God in my heart? Are these just like dimyonos? How do you say dimyonos? Imagination, right? We're is this a Jewish form? Or is this just something that, that a New Age Baal tshuva, a trippy Baal tshuva, made up? When a person davens to Hashem to really be, be, be shown and directed towards the truth, and he cries over it immensely, God will send you a Rebbe. God will send you a soul master. Doesn't, may, might not look like, you know, art scrolls, uh, illustrations of tzaddikim, but God will send you someone. Someone will come and say to you, what you think may be an illusion is the most simple simple notion of the most simple thing in the world. Anyone that you ever looked up to in Judaism, this is what they were made out of. Anyone you ever received, anyone that's been a pillar for Am Yisrael, a long-lasting pillar in Am Yisrael, this was their form. This was their shape. This is how they lived their life on the most basic, basic level. En pashut yoter there's nothing more simple than the simplicity that a person, that a Jew needs to be to sense closeness to God. A friend 
and a mate to God, and this does not contradict Yira. I think that's one of the fears we have. Right, I know, I know. It's, it, it's, it's not, not even in your book. In the book. <coughs> oh, sorry, they took it out of that. And by us, it's, in, it's, in, it's true, because it's an important thing. This doesn't contradict the concept of Yira, which it may sound like it contradicts Yira. Like, what do you mean friendship? Friendship. If you have a real friend, you know what you're in awe of? You're in awe of the friendship, and you're in utter awe of losing the friendship as well, if they're a real friend. So it doesn't contradict it at all. God forbid. Total hashlama. That's how Rav Kook, Zechit Tzadik Levracha, explained the, the, the balance of Ahava and Yirat Hashem. We learned it a few times. And that's why he says here, Enzis soter chas v'shalom liyirah, kedichtiv v'gilu birada. Like it says, you have to have this gila, this, this, this inner joy, but birada, while you're shaking. So, I mean, Yael, to go back to what you said in the beginning, I think, I think really, really, um, that you, you hit something very important. You're touching upon something very important. Because we, we, we want to always be ne'eman to our masoret. Like, we want to feel that we're being very um, ne'eman, uh, loyal, loyal and faithful. And um, it's another word I'm looking for, very much in tune with where we came from, the Now, it, it, this really is where we came from, but over the years, Galut has its... Mm-hmm. Huh? Galut really has its toll. We don't, even, we, we don't really realize, so this is the confusion we're in right now in Eretz Yisrael, is that we think, and we spoke about this yesterday afternoon, Shia, we thought it was enough to just get back to Eretz Yisrael to reestablish everything we once had. What did we reestablish? We reestablished a physical presence. Baruch Hashem. Not enough, but we reestablished a physical presence. But what didn't we reestablish yet? What Rav, what Kwanamus Kalman Shapir, what the PSS Nereva described how Nevi'im would prophesy, that first piece of how a Navi would prophesy. This, this self-awareness, a deep, deep self-awareness. That hasn't been, that's the soul of Zionism. That's the soul of Tzionut that has just been scraped a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It hasn't even come close to anything yet. And our work, like if we actually knew as a people right now what we're made out of and this like, this place that the PSS Rebbe says about that our neshama was revealed to us. Does anyone here think we would have gone into the mess that we got here in this country? It's a sad one, it's a sad joke, but it's a joke. You only get into such a crazy mess when you don't really know who you are. And we thought we knew who we were, because part of our soul was revealed with this Jewish bride, what Jabotinsky called Hadar Yehudi. I don't know how to say that word in English. Glory. It, it began then. But this work that's set for us now, oh my God, it's, uh, it's big and it's great and we can do it and we are doing it and we're not going to stop until we know that this is, this is the Masoret and that we're reinstituting something that has simply been lost. And we're not alone. It's not just this room. It's, it's a lot of places. 
It's just we have to connect the dots and until, you know, unfortunately, like we said, the worst thing about movements is that once they become movements, they stop moving. Because <laughs> now it's a movement, so it doesn't, it doesn't move anymore. It has to be bitznu'ah. It has to keep on moving. It has to keep on going forward. So Bezrat Hashem, this Sefer, will help us to continue to understand, to look the Yetzirah in the eyes and just say, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. You're a sheker. You're a lie. And this sheker has suffocated a part of our people for way too long, and I'm done with you. And I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue with all my might and soul to discover who my neshama is, who my nefesh is, with all the vulnerability that it takes. You've sent us great shluchim all over the place. In fact, this Shabbos in our shul, we have a scholar in residence, amazing get a gift. Adina, you know, uh, Label Wolf is coming to us for Shabbos. Yeah. We'll be sending out information about, talk about a soul, talk about soul searchers, soul seekers, real people that have like, that I've realized this is the avoda in this world. There are, there are plenty of people. Hashem should humble us enough to ask for help and seek help and find help and cry to Hashem to get all the hachvana, all the direction that we need in these very seriously challenging and uh, challenging times and opportune times as well. Shavuot to everyone.